Welcome to The Faith Retriever, fetching the good news for your family, a show that deepens our relationship with Jesus Christ by connecting listeners with the local church. Now, here's Deacon Eric Page. Today, we're blessed to have with us Deacon Greg McNabb. Deacon Greg is going to follow up on our earlier conversation about how to visit people when they're in the hospital with another more challenging situation, when our friend or family member is dying. Deacon Greg brings with him extraordinary amount of experience in this particular area because he serves as a hospital chaplain for the Archdiocese of Seattle, visiting people in the hospitals on the first hill in Seattle. That's not the only thing he's got experience in though. He is also experienced in leadership within parish life as a pastoral associate and pastoral coordinator at Immaculate Conception and St. Therese Parishes in Seattle. He earned an MA in pastoral studies at Seattle University and was ordained a deacon in 2007, the same year I was ordained. We were classmates. Deacon Greg offered us some really helpful insights, I think, earlier this year when he was talking about how we visit a loved one or friend when they're in the hospital. But today we're going to go just a little bit deeper. We're going to talk about a similar but more challenging situation when our friend or loved one is in the process of dying. Maybe they're in the hospital, maybe they've just received the diagnosis and they found out that they don't have long to live. We're gonna talk about how we can be a constructive influence in their life, leading them closer to God, helping them to be more aware of God's presence and providing them aid and comfort. This is a challenging issue. Death frightens us even though we know it's inevitable, but it's a great opportunity for us to serve our friends and also to serve our faith. Deacon Greg, thank you so much for being with us. You're welcome. It's good to be back. It really is great to have you back with us. So as we dive into this subject, let's kind of take a look at, you know, kind of, for lack of a better way to describe it, things that we should know and make sure that we do and things that we should make sure that we do not do when we find out a friend or family member is dying or is in the process of dying. Are there any things that we should make sure that we pay attention to? Yes. I think that one of the things that we should pay attention to is often people who are experiencing an unexpected death Mm -hmm. feel like they're out of control. You know, they can't control the, right. the cancer. They can't control what's going on. The doctors are telling them what to do, have given them the, the word. Um, so to, to understand that they might be coming from a place where they don't feel they're in control of, of themselves. And mm-hmm. so we need to be compassionate. And that means allowing our friend to kind of set the pace of things. Um, I think if someone just told us, I think we need to be Uh, honest and say, you know, I'm sorry, I've really enjoyed our friendship. What can I do to to help at this point? Um, To say, how are you feeling with this? And to really ask open-ended questions. Mm -hmm. Allow them to set the pace, to have control of what happens. And it may be that they don't want to talk about it. Yeah. But it may be that what they really need is someone to listen. Mm-hmm. to kind of experience it, at least in that initial conversation that you're just learning. We are uncomfortable with death. It is very difficult for us to know what to say. Um, you know, despite our deep faith, many of us struggle with what comes next. Right. Um, it's a mystery. Yeah. Um, Jesus wasn't all that specific about what his experience was before he came back. Right. Um, so... Uh, we need to be gentle with ourselves and with them. 
But if you normally meet with someone once a week for, you know, for years, don't stop. Right. You know, keep, keep going. You're a part of their life. They need your support. Even if it's just uh, going bowling with them as usual. Right. And not treating them as if they're uh, untouchable in some way or another or uncomfortable. So, uh, yeah, be in control of yourself enough to be compassionate. That's a really good bit of guidance that we have to kind of be in control of ourselves a little bit because we've got our own emotional process going on, our own sort of response to this because, you know, death is something we're all afraid of and we're all concerned about and it's going to raise up a lot of emotions in us as well. Right. You don't want to give them your emotions right. to, to bear as well as their own. Yeah. So if you really want to do a deep cry, go home and cry. <laughs> right. Yeah. And come back ready to be to share that. You know, yeah. I went home and I, I just broke down. I, I, it was really hard for me. Yeah. But I, but it's out of my love for you, right? And my concern for you. That, that's really helpful advice because I'm sure that, you know, one of the things that happens for someone who's dying or is in the process of dying is everyone they're interacting with is in one way or another responding to this thing that is going on in their life. Mm -hmm. And the, every conversation in some way or another probably has that in the background. Yes, and it, and it will. It will change your relationship from that point on. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's, it's uh, a spoken or unspoken, both of you are thinking, well, I only have another six months of this, and then, right. and then it's gone. Yeah. Um, so, you know, continue the relationship that you've had, um, but maybe uh, soften it a little bit mm -hmm. with, uh, with yourself reflecting. You know, I, I really have enjoyed our time together. It's been really important to me. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Yeah. Um, do you remember that time that, you know, we, we went fishing and I fell in the river? Right. Um, you know, to share those experiences and relive those. Yeah. Um, I really think it's helpful uh, for people to both acknowledge the living we've had mm -hmm. in the context of dying. Right. And not to separate those because, you know, we're going to die as soon as we're born. Right. You know, yeah. it's, it's just the time of that is a mystery to us. Right. Um, and we need to be aware that uh, it's frightening. Yeah. It is frightening. No, it is. And it's, you know, that frightening nature of it, of course, is an invitation in many ways to recognize our own humanity and our own radical need for God. And, and when possible, it's great if that can be part of the conversation. Yeah, I think it can, can weave its way in um, fairly directly. I think there's a lot of stories about people dealing with, you know, pain and suffering and death. Um, and I think that, you know, we want to rely on things. You know, I yeah. often encounter people in the hospital who want their father to, to have a miracle take place and to come back to full life. And right. while I, I don't want to discount God's power right. or the potential for a mystery, I, I think that part of that letting things be in God's hand is letting the answer be no. Mm -hmm. Right. Or... Um, because I, I, I think it is hard to let go, but to kind of say, well, God is going to give me what I want. 
right. um, is something that we learn in our life that is, is God's choice, not mine. Right. Um, so it's, it's, it's being open to it and, uh, and talking about that, you know, maybe asking your friends, so what do you think happens when you die? Mm-hmm. You know, and it, so that opens up that question of, um, you know, is God present in my life? Uh, right. have, how have I done in my life? Yeah. You know, let's see, I, th- I think I've lived a bad life and I'm going to be in purgatory for a long, long <laughs> right. time. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a chance to encourage reconciliation, mm-hmm. either the sacrament, right, right, um, but also if there's someone that you've held a grudge with for a long time, right, to kind of set things right. Um, there's a, uh, a country song that's been out for several years, Live Like You Were Dying. Right. Uh, and that song talks about doing all the exciting things, you know, riding a, a, a bull in a, in a rodeo. Right. Um, you know, going, going fishing with a good friend. Yeah. You know, just being very intense and very focused about, uh, about death. And that could be someone's choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, their choice could also just be to hold it in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not going to make other people suffer just because I'm going to die. Right. Um, but, yeah, they may need a good friend that they can share every so often. Yeah. Um, but, again, let them be in control of that. Right. Um, it's, not, uh, it's not an easy thing to be going through. No, no. And, you know, in some ways, as you suggested earlier, it's a challenge for all of us. You know, we're all mortal. But, of course, it, the feeling is much more intense when it's imminent and you've received a diagnosis. And, you know, presumably there's, you know, physical discomfort that accompanies that and some, you know, physical suffering. And, but it does, does sound like one of the things you suggest is not missing opportunities to bring faith into the picture. Right. Definitely. I, I'm thinking uh, there was one gentleman uh, that I was talking to and he was pretty confident that there was an afterlife and he was uh-huh. going to go there. And, um, but there's, there's that, you know, what do I do now? And he was pretty close to death. Right. Um, and, you know, there's anecdotes. I'm sure you have them from yeah. all the homilies you've listened to over the years. Right. Um, and I told him one of the, one of the anecdotes. And he, uh, he laughed. Mm-hmm. And I visited him a week or two later as he was really close. And I, I referred to that. Yeah. Um, I called it out. And, and he laughed again. And it kind of reestablished that connection. Because yeah. he and I w- weren't friends, right? You know, but we were we were connected in a gentle way. I yeah. think. I hope. Yeah. No, I I have little doubt of that. No one else in the room knew what we were talking about, yeah. but um, but it's good. And I and I think that uh, there's a lot of scripture that lends itself to um, reassurance that God loves you. Yeah. Um, I think a really good one that I, I remind people of is the uh, prodigal son. Right. Because in that story, the son does everything terrible 
that a son could do right. to his father. Yeah. Um, even, you know, for Jews, uh, pig, pigs were dirty. Right. So when he went off and ended up feeding pigs, that's a, you know that's as dirty as dirty can get. Right. It's pretty bad. <laughs> uh, but before he gets home, he's down the street. His father sees him and starts to prepare a party mm -hmm. to welcome him in. So, Eric, what have you done that's a pig feeder feeding pigs? Right. Yeah. You know, there's nothing that, that could be that, that would offend our God and turn off that power of love. Right. Turn off that ready forgiveness. Um, you know, we, I use uh, the... Uh, the little green book in visiting the hospital yeah. and in it there's a um, commendation of the dying and they sell they give us like 12 different gospels we could use yeah and my favorite one is from the gospel of john and it's um i have it memorized i use it so much which for a catholic right right we don't memorize scripture <laughs> jesus told the crowds all that the father gives me shall come to me and no one who comes will I ever reject. Because it is not to do my own will that I have come down from heaven, but to do the will of the one who sent me. And it is the will of the one who sent me that I should lose nothing of what has been given me, rather that I should raise it up on the last day. Indeed, this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks upon the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life. And he... I will raise up on the last day. That's incredible. You know, it's, to me, it's just this opening into, um, into, into peace. Yeah. And I find when I'm praying that prayer with family who may not be very active in their faith at this point, that it helps them. It kind of relaxes them. Because there is this, my dad wasn't perfect. Yeah. Well, you don't need to be perfect. Right. You need to be faithful. I like that. You don't need to be perfect. You need to be faithful. And part of the genius of that particular scripture you share is that often if we're meeting with somebody, if they're in a Catholic hospital, there's a crucifix, or of course we can bring a crucifix to them. And anyone who looks upon the sun, you know, it creates the opportunity. Definitely. Um, and so symbols of people's faith can be really important as well. Yeah. And you probably are meeting people in their homes. Um, and Catholic homes, we have symbols all over the place, um, which might be a, a reason to talk about. Where did you get that crucifix? Um, I have on uh, the wall of one of my rooms, the, oh gosh, what were they called? It was the crucifix that you can take the outer off and it's a box underneath and in it are all the things you need to do for the last rites. Oh, I know what you're referencing, yes. That was my grandfather's. Oh wow, that's powerful. But it could be other things as well. It could be uh, icons, it could be uh, simple uh, details around. And so to, um, that might be an avenue for those of us who are not quite easy about coming out and talking about our faith right. to start a conversation. Um, I look at uh, different communities of faith that I've worked with. Uh, for the Mexican community, Our Lady of Guadalupe is really important. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so if you were visiting someone who was dying in the hospital 
And you notice that there wasn't uh, an image of Our Lady? Next time you visit, bring one. That's a great idea. Um, if you know the person has a real devotion to Mary and loves the rosary, uh, bring a rosary. Mm -hmm. If someone, uh, oh, you know, uh, their name is Jim or Teresa or Thomas, uh, stop and, and buy an, uh, a necklace with a little medallion on it and uh, make it a gift like so that they things. can remember their saint and realize that the saints are with us always. Right. And they're not guardian angels, but they're even better, right? Yeah. They're a person who's lived a life and been through what we've been and who have died and often courageously. Yeah, they've been there before us. Circling back a little bit on the moment when you find out about this, do you have any advice for how we discuss this subject when our friend brings it up to us in a conversation? When a friend says, oh, by the way, I've received a really frightening diagnosis. I only have three months to live. If someone says that to us, are there any things that we can say in that moment or should say? We talked a little bit about how to communicate with our friend and giving them control, but any other guidance you have in that situation? I think certainly to be honest about your feelings. Mm -hmm. um, if you're shocked, say, <laughs> um, I don't know what to say. I'm, I'm yeah. shocked. Um, if you're uh, sad, to say you're sad. Um, you know, even to say, you know, I've really enjoyed our friendship. I don't want it to go away. Yeah. You know, to be right. honest about, about what your thoughts are. But at the same time, be aware, be careful. Yeah. I mean, I, I think one way to talk about this is to say you're on holy ground. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to put it. You know, because it's all of a sudden it went from you know, a conversation around a lunch table to holy ground. Right. And to be careful with someone to realize that this is a, a God moment mm -hmm. and to uh, give it that reverence like you would uh, in church at, at Mass uh, or adoration because it's, it's all of a sudden someone has allowed themselves to be broken in front of you. Yeah. And to realize you have a part of this, but, but they're broken. Right. And so, um, so to be careful, to be loving. And it's that holy ground image that I really like to say, yeah, this is, this is extraordinary. This right. is special. That's really helpful, I think, and it's excellent advice. And I imagine it applies for another kind of situation we run into where we find out about our friend's diagnosis or situation from a third party. You know, someone else tells about it or social media, someone puts their diagnosis on social media. Any suggestions for how we connect with our friend when we find out that way? Yeah, I think it gives you a little bit more time to prepare mm -hmm. um, and to think about how, how you might want to do that. But I would say, you know, share, Eric, you know, I saw on social media that that you're near death or yeah. you're dying. Uh, I, I couldn't believe it. Mm -hmm. and, but, but to be honest, again, about what you're feeling, sure. but, but say where you found out. Yeah. You know, oh, 
Mary told me that that you're near death uh, because i th I think uh th that demonstrate to a certain extent the circle of supporters that are around yeah. this person. Mary knew that I care about you, and so she shared with me that that you are dying. Yeah. Um, and I understand it's cancer. Mm -hmm. um, I would I would talk about whatever the diagnosis is a little bit. Right. But mostly talk about so how you're feeling about this. Mm -hmm. you decided what you want to do or how you want to live these six months right um what has god said to you yeah. how 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 has this changed your relationship with god that's a really helpful thing and i think kind of looking for those opportunities to gracefully introduce faith into the conversation can be i think essential but it can be something we can sometimes let those opportunities slip we can and and uh as catholics we're not always good about sharing our faith yeah but this is a good place to practice mm -hmm. um and we can always get better right we can always get better but only if we try only yeah. if we offer um what we can yeah and i think often especially if this is a good friend they know where your discomfort levels are right you know you're not going to surprise them if you stumble with the words right because but they also know you're a person of faith and yeah. that you can't talk about something without it, it drawing on the roots of your life which mm -hmm. are for many of us our faith um we've watched by the time we're our age yeah <laughs> we've, we've watched our parents die Mm -hmm. maybe even siblings um, we've had to deal with those feelings ourselves and and they are often difficult feelings yeah. I will say also to ask the person what they want need from you mm -hmm. um, I often deal with family member families whose loved one has died unexpectedly and they are struggling with their own emotions, but also know they have 80 phone calls to make to family and friends. And it's just like, no, yeah, ask someone for that help. And so mm -hmm. if the person's struggling with something in particular, um, you know, I, I never did a will. This is a good time. <laughs> right. Remember the church in your, in your <laughs> will. Uh, right. But also just, um, you know, help them plan their funeral. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite gospel reading? Yeah. What does it mean to you? Um, and you don't have to be a, a priest or a deacon to ask those questions. Right. Because what you're doing is, is you're reminding them of their faith. Um, and you can offer yours if they struggle. Often right. people go, um, um, is this a test? Right. <laughs> no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. But... Um, you know, you are the light of the world. Mm -hmm. Don't hide it under a bushel basket, or, um, or the passage I read from John, or yeah. I am the the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, what what is it? What story yeah. caught your attention? Um, and you know, remind them of some of those those pieces. Uh, 
That's an excellent suggestion. One of the things I think sometimes we forget is that there are many people who may not be as active as we are in the, in the life of the church. They may not be at Mass every week, uh, but they still have a faith, or they are rediscovering their faith at this time of life, sure, and one sure. might need to rediscover their faith. So it's it does make a lot of sense to kind of look for the, take that opportunity and ask that question. What's what's a favorite gospel reading? Yeah, yeah. Um, I I tend to focus on the gospels mm-hmm. as much as I can um, because I I think the gospels are where we learn directly from friends of Jesus about Jesus. Right. And they're they're stories of his life, and there's a point there. I I think that. Um, Remembering what Jesus said when a friend of his was dying. Mm-hmm. You know, when he was told that Lazarus was dead, even though he knew it, he still wept. Yes. Seeing the sorrow that the uh, Mary and Martha were experiencing, it raised all that stuff in him. Um, we worry about, you know, why, why did God choose me to give six months to live? Right. It's kind of the wrong question, I think. Yeah. But uh, you know, but those are often the questions that we're dealing with when we're dealing with death. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not fair. Yeah. You know, life isn't fair. Right. I mean, I think part of the challenge is uh, for us as Christians is figuring out a way to live our life authentically and trusting in God. Yeah. And uh, being able to do those two things. Um, or with some of our life tasks. Yeah. I think when, when we are with a friend who's dying, Jesus is sitting right next to us. That's a great image to maintain. Um, one, of, one of Jesus' tasks, uh, Emmanuel, mm-hmm. means God is with us. Right. Jesus experienced what it meant to be human. He knows what it's like to, to lose people who are close to him. He's with us. Right. He's crying with us. He's laughing with us. He's holding our friend's hand. Amen. I, I, we've got to remember that. We're not doing this alone. Yeah. And it sounds like we want to be explicit about saying that to the person we love so that they know, hey, he's here with us. He's with us now. He's yes. with you. Where two or three are gathered. Right. There I am. We're so grateful for the time you spent with us. Deacon Greg, thanks so much for being with us. And uh, may God bless you. May God bless you as well. And thanks for listening to The Faith Retriever. Thanks so much. This has been a special edition of Faith Retriever, part one of a two-part series titled My Friend is Dying with Deacon Eric Page and his guest, Deacon Greg McNabb. Be on watch for part two here on Sacred Heart Radio or on the Sacred Heart Radio website, programs, and podcast page. Or find it on your favorite podcast platform.